and th- and then what happened, Doctor Anderson? Oh, then, uh, uh, then I got kicked out of a hotel casino because I couldn't wait five minutes not to try in the bathroom. Ben, you were. You I'm were, a professor. You were a guest of the University of Tokyo. Like that's that's <laughs> a really this is a really serious problem. I, I I may have confused two stories. Um, but I'm just like you were there to give a lecture I'm, at the University I, of I, Tokyo, I, I, Ben. What's going on? I'm I'm <laughs> Professor Abelson. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm seeing hey, double. No. What's happening? Wait. Wait, Wait, was this recording? What's going on? Evan started recording. Butts, 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 butts. You're listening to Contesting Wrestling, Minisode, number the number that it is. Uh, We should just start dating. Yeah, well, the whole point of the Minisode is it comes out right when we uh, Uh, we record it. But it's coming out Friday, November 8th. We are reflecting on episode six. Yes. um, Which dealt with uh, the history of women in professional wrestling. Uh, I'd like to come out right away and correct uh, uh, some uh, somewhat of a mistake from the episode. Um, I had dated Mildred Burke as uh, the 50s as having been prominent in the 50s and 60s, but actually her heyday was a bit earlier than that. Uh, It was from the mid-30s to the mid-50s. She actually retired in 1956, and um, her successor as the top women's wrestler in the world was June Byers. Uh, And I think, Doc, you know a little bit more about that story than I do. I mean, a a bit. If you had gotten me a few years ago, I would have the history in my head a lot better. Yeah, June Byers... she she was you know she was she was the top woman for a long time between uh, between Mildred Burke and Mola. Um, no, there are better resources than me to find the history of women's wrestling in America. It's not just Mola, uh, and it's not just these few these few women. So check check it out yourself. We'll we'll do some proper research on that era and try to find whatever video is available for a future episode. Perhaps. Some of it is on the Chicago Film Archive's YouTube channel that I've mentioned once or twice. Uh, one day I'll show Evan some of that and see what he thinks about wrestling from the fifties. I do want to take responsibility for the fact that Ben pointed out to me this was an issue in the episode uh, quite some time ago and um, I could have just edited it out and I didn't because I um, I was lazy and I just didn't you do didn't it. want to well, it was my mistake to begin so. with so that's all right. We, I was in. Yeah. I was uh, trying to go through the whole history of women's wrestling very quickly and so uh, misspoke uh, but uh, yeah, it seems to be it seems to be popping off now. It seems like there's a, like high profile. There have been some high profile women's matches. I mean, to not, we we need to go back and actually and and watch more of them. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I say by far the most interesting stuff that's happening in the WWE right now involves the women. I think the best book title in uh, in WWE is the NXT Women's Championship, and has been for years. Yes, absolutely. And right now, yeah. Shayna Baszler is as good as anybody else she, in the she's entire just company. Killing it. She's really just killing it. Um, and and I think uh, for the upcoming Survivor Series, the women's match. So this year, the Survivor Series theme is Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT, and the match between the Raw Women's Champion, the SmackDown Women's Champion, and the NXT Women's Champion, who are Becky Lynch, Bailey, and uh, Shayna Baszler, respectively, is to for me the most interesting match on the card. Yeah, d- I definitely agree with you on that. What ballpark figure? Mm-hmm. What's the breakdown? 
male wrestlers to female wrestlers. Right now, now not, not histor- historically. Like, I'm going to assume it's like it's crazy in in but. total in the whole business. I, I, I would I would say percentage wise, like based on your experience mm. in, based on two things, based on your experiences in indie gyms and on the indie scene, okay. and then also uh, based on your knowledge of current you know TV level wrestling. Well, it's still like very male dominated, but uh. Most independent wrestling shows will have one or two women's matches on it uh, by now. Whereas several years ago, a lot of them just didn't even bother. And the ratio is changing rapidly. I'd say Chikara probably has um, a more even split, but they're unusual in that respect, right? Yeah, and then even even Chikara only has a few women regularly appearing for them. Um, they've just been doing it longer. Uh, I, on television, the WWE, I guess um, we could, you know, it's easy to, if we go to the WWE website and just look at the roster, we could answer this question. I'm not going to get it. I think it might be up to like 70 30 at yeah, this point. And then wow. once again, growing the, the more time that they give the women, they've gone back and forth on it, but uh, compared to how it was like as recent as like four or five years ago, the improvement is marked and drastic. Speaking of which, I wanted to, I, I read. AJ Lee's autobiography for a presentation I gave at the Midwest Popular Culture Association conference and uh, shout out to the MPCA ACA. It's the Midwest Popular Culture Association and American Culture Association. Most fun co- academic conference I've ever been to. Everyone there is awesome. Dr. Carrie Lynn uh, Reinhardt. Uh, invited me to her panel on mental health and fandom. We are now uh, co-editing with uh, Dr. Allison Levin, a edited collection of those papers. Uh, We have a call for papers out right now, actually. So I was reading AJ's autobiography about her time in wrestling, her struggles with mental health, and I thought I would share just a couple of very telling passages from the book. Let's, Let's hear it. So the first one comes from when AJ was in developmental for WWE, which was Florida Championship Wrestling at the time. And she was starting to get a couple of spots on the main roster. This is uh, on page 191 of the book. But on the other calloused hand, progression through the wrestling ranks was painfully slow. For two years, I had spent every waking hour training in one form or another. Occasionally, I would see a glimmer of light when I'd get an invite to travel with the main roster. However, at the time, when a female wrestler went on the road for a trial period, it was only in a hosting capacity on untelevised events, while the guys got to have matches on the house shows, smaller arena shows where wrestlers and producers would try out ideas for the TV programming. The women would host a fan trivia question or dance contest. Women had more opportunities in speaking slash character valet roles than in the ring during this era. So we hopefuls had to first demonstrate we could be bubbly and charming before we would get our chance. The host was only required to do two things, wear a dress and speak to the audience without stammering. One out of two would have to do. Um, So there is that. Then this is the really damning part. This is now page 203. This is when um, she, so NXT, before it became a brand unto itself uh, as a wrestling league, it was a kind of reality show 
that they had on TV where they would take people from developmental and sort of have them compete in inane contests that were unrelated Run to the wrestling. obstacle course. Yeah. And so they did a season with women go into the stands and sell popcorn. So oh, you, you, Daniel Bryan went into the stands with a big thing of popcorn when he was on NXT and just started throwing boxes to the crowd, shouting that he didn't believe in capitalism, that everything should be free. <laughs> so, Damn, we got to do this Brian, Daniel Bryan episode soon. He's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, go on, Ben. Um, so AJ is starting to go against the grain at this point. She's she's not trying to dress like hot or whatever. She's wearing her um, Converse and, you know, like she had kind of like a skater kind of look. Um, so she says uh, now on page 204, I wanted to start chipping away at that glass ceiling. I wanted to throw rocks at it little by little until I made a crack. If taking a risk and pissing people off meant having even the smallest shots at changing the landscape for myself and every woman who came after me, then it was a risk worth taking. And it worked. The fan response was overwhelming. Most important, the fans were tired of watching women's wrestling that didn't take itself seriously. They were itching for talented matches with exciting performances. They wanted to rally behind a female performer, not just catcall her. I felt embraced and accepted, like I was the audience's voice in the competition. So she was just trying to wrestle as well as she could, dressed however she felt comfortable dressing, um, and just tried to be a wrestler more than anything else. But not everyone was as hopeful as I was. Back in talent relations. Look, we know you can wrestle, and not many women can. We appreciate that. We just want you to understand that it's important to be the full package. Right now, you're the best wrestler in the competition. Our female fans want to dress like you. Our male fans want to hang out and play video games with you. But no one wants to have sex with you. Do you see how that's a problem for us? I don't know how they do things in FCW, but here we have a standard our women are proud to stand up to. This is in 2011, Jesus. I believe. And this is and this is the voice of Vince. This is yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like he, even if he's not whoever, I whoever think it was probably who's that guy they have on Johnny Total Divas, Ace, right? Well, who's that guy that Mark Carano? I don't watch Total. Divas. I think it might be this. Oh man! But whoever, is saying whoever this, yeah, is whoever is saying this to her is speaking with the full authority of this is. Oh yeah, our the, house that's the company. Stuff. This line. is what we yeah. do. Like and like pointing out that the fans are responding well to you. They all like yeah. you. The fans yeah. really like you, but they don't like you in the way that we think is the only way that people can like female wrestlers and so since it doesn't fucking compute we're actually going to ask you to do the same dumb shit you wonder why the women's division just wasn't over at the time because they weren't listening to what the fans wanted which was a real women's division and eventually they did now there is a real women's division but it was it was ridiculous i we, we pointed out in the the episode uh that we're reflecting on, you know, that there wasn't the same kind of backlash amongst wrestling fans when women took more of the spotlight than there was in other kinds of media. And it's because the fans wanted it. The fans wanted a better representation on television of female wrestlers. Uh, it just wasn't, it, it was unconscionable that they wouldn't let AJ Lee be AJ Lee because of how good she was. And when they finally did, she was dynamite and she got over huge. The only way that this attitude would be acceptable is if, like, in Brock Lesnar's autobiography, there was also a scene <laughs> where Vince McMahon was just like, Brock, like, no one's trying to get that dick. 
that still would be bad and objectifying, but at least would be equally spread out, right? Yeah. In a Smoky Mountain Wrestling in the, in the mid-90s, you know, run by Jim Cornette, <clears throat> as the story goes, you know, he got Chris Jericho and Lance Storm, and he thought they'd be great because the girls would come to see them, but he kept getting angry at them because they wouldn't bang the, the, the women who were coming to the shows to see them and try and bang them because uh, Chris Jericho didn't want to have sex with any random fan that came up with him. And Lance Storm married young and was very faithful to his wife. And it was a small promotion. Cornette's like, well, once word gets out, you're not going to have sex with the fans. Why would anybody come and see you? So, you know, there is actually some precedent for this happening to the guys at points in wrestling history as well. Uh, we give our bodies to the business in a variety of ways. It's, man, it's this like old school idea that everything that you do, I don't know if it's Freud's fault or what, <laughs> that like everything you do has to be motivated by sex. Well, I think it's a few things. One is that men with power who like to feel like they're in charge of shit that's always all there's always going to be a sexual component to that and it's also and you know i mean maybe this is overly political but at this point i feel like we've abandoned all pretense uh or at least i ha i have abandoned yeah. all pretense where it's the fact that we figured out at some point in the early 20th century uh or edward bernays specifically like popularized the concept like well just plug the fuck part of the brain into the buying shit part of the brain and we've just never moved on from that as a society because it's unstoppable because it's an unstoppable force so i mean we've i think we've come some distance uh some positive ways away from that um in the wrestling business but it se still seems like you know one step forward three steps back so They've returned to having like storylines on WWE programming that are about either men fighting over a, a woman as a trophy or a um, conniving woman like, you know, using sex to her advantage to manipulate men. I'm going to have sex with the guy you don't like. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're doing with Lana and Bobby Lashley and that whole storyline. I mean, I don't really know the details. I haven't been watching Raw. I have not been watching Raw. I watch a lot of wrestling and uh, Raw is like seventh on the priority yeah. list now. I'll read what happens on Raw and all that, but I read what happens on Raw and I think, yeah, I'm glad I didn't spend three hours of my time on the most recent that. Saudi Arabia show, they had a women's match. Yeah. They had Natalia right. yeah. and Lacey Evans have the first ever match in Saudi Arabia. I don't know how they got that cleared with Apparently they've been trying MBS. since they started uh, doing these shows to get that. So, I mean, that's, you know... And better it, that they did it than they didn't, but there's still all the problems with the Saudi Arabia right. shows in the first place. At least it was very well received by the crowd. And, you know, they did, you know, they're such fucking spin artists, but, the, you know, they, they made sure to get, collect the, like, 20 women in the crowd and put them all in the front row. Um, oh, those shows are propaganda shows. They have, they have quotas of how many women they have to have in those shows and this isn't like a secret you can you can check it out they um they want a lot of women in the audience for those shows because the propaganda is they want to show the rest of the world how well they're treating their women right and they, they and the, the the women's wrestlers were completely covered up um 
Not their not their faces, but they were wearing their gear, and then over their gear, they were wearing oversized T-shirts to hide anything about their form. It wasn't their normal gear either. It was like yeah. completely covering black uh, latex. But the other thing I thought was interesting was the only women they flew over for the show, and the two women who ended up being in the match were like the blondest, most Barbie-looking, like conventional American beauties that that they could come up with and i'm you know i thought a while about the psychology of that and why you would present that and i don't know exactly what it is i don't know if it's sort of like for the saudis like oh yeah like those american women can you know uh demean themselves by wrestling but you know not anybody more like us or if it's more like yes this is fucking american women who are so free and unencumbered that they could i don't really know what wwe doesn't does wwe have any middle eastern women on the main roster no but they do have like dark haired women and like women of color like they could have had sasha i I don't know maybe sasha banks didn't want to fucking go there (laughs) right maybe sasha didn't want to go i would i would hope not um, yeah. or at least, I mean, I guess I, I guess I could imagine that the women who did go were like, no, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to go well, fucking wrestle in Saudi Arabia. Is, uh, is Natty Neidhart, I, who would do whatever the company said to her, and Lacey Evans, who was in the American military, and she doesn't care where they send her. Yeah. Yeah. Lacey Evans, by the way, is going to be, once she gets a little bit better at wrestling, she's going to be a huge star yeah. because she is the soldier who's also a pinup. Yeah. So she's, ba- yeah, she's basically <laughs> like, she's, she's John Cena- uh, but it well, although sort he wasn't of. actually in the military, right? That was no, just his no, deal. No, that was just the movies he was in. That was well, the, yeah. They were gonna put Randy Orton in 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 the Marine uh, Two, right? Was it? Yeah, he was gonna be in in the Marine Two, and then the Marines contacted the WWE and said, "You know, Randy Orton got a dishonorable discharge from the actual Marines. Whoa! Can you not like make him known as the Marine? He didn't want to actually join, but he did, and then he realized he didn't like it, so he just messed around like you're not supposed to do in the military. He's he's done interviews about it. He's lucky they didn't throw him in the brig. Like he really like." shouldn't have joined the military by the way did you notice that they threw a bottle at natalia during her entrance jesus yes um in saudi arabia in saudi arabia yeah um also right now you know uh, just talking about bailey because you know the mm. episode we featured bailey versus sasha banks when bailey got to the main roster and we talked a little bit about this in about nxt in general they just ruined her character. They didn't know how to make this, you know, like sort of like pure baby face, you know, not angry, not aggressive uh, kind of character work on TV. And so they they infantilized her. She was doing like roses are red, violets are blue kind of like poetry on oh. and just it just sucked. And. Her, they did nothing interesting with her for long enough that the crowd became disinterested in her character, which just boggles my mind because I feel like she could be so marketable. She could have been the John Cena of the women's division. And now they've turned her heel, which is sort of the right move. And I think like, I don't know, we talked about this. A, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit in a future episode. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think they've just done Bailey so wrong. At this point, she's doing the best that she can with what they give her, but it all—it seems like that that's a character that you could really easily like. You don't—you didn't need to mess with anything. Yeah, she had this character down. It seemed like it was perfect in NXT, and then even if you were going to make 
that character a heel, you don't really have to change it that much. Yeah, they gave her a new haircut, and now she's, like, petulant. They're like, I, f- I feel like you could just be like, like, I'm bright and I'm bubbly, and fuck you. Like, you don't really have to do... I, I think they had this idea that she had to be corrupted. Like, a character like that could not survive in the Viper's yeah. pit that is raw. Yeah, that's very much the personal philosophy that they put forward, so I, I wouldn't be surprised. It's unrelated to everything, but I just saw it while I was looking something up on Wikipedia related to the Saudi Arabia match. Um, This isn't really that notable, I guess, because none of us are particularly young anymore, but uh, Mohammed bin Salman is younger than all three of us. Oh, yes, 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 he is. Super weird. One of the Uh, most powerful men in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So, also, Jerry Lawler is back on TV as a regular commentator. Yeah, we had written him off on Monday Night Raw. That's not not a plus for society. And uh, NXT is on broadcast television now on USA. No? Cable, yeah. And um, it's, was it just on the app? Before it was. It was just on the it network. Was one of the main yeah. selling points for the WWE network, and, and they moved it to uh, Wednesday nights. I, the ratings USA? haven't been doing, th- haven't been that great. I mean, they had this whole invasion of SmackDown did, recently. Did you, did you see? Did you see this week's rating? No, it's this week's rating. Uh, this, it went. It went up. It was like. Uh, it was. Um, hold on, let me. Let me look at the actual. Thing. Brian Alvarez reports it on Twitter. Real, okay. real shorthand. So, so because so there was a debacle in Saudi Arabia where like there was some uh, discrepancy in the WWE getting paid by Saudi Arabia for their shows. So they um, cut the live feed of the last show in Saudi Arabia. So the there are conflicting reports about what was actually going on. What ended up happening was the wrestlers were stuck in Saudi Arabia with their plane not taking off for hours and hours and hours, for like a whole day, basically. And so they had nobody to run to be on SmackDown. So they just had, the, they flew in the NXT guys to do SmackDown. And it was the best SmackDown in years. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty fantastic. They were probably going to have one or two of them on because the theme of Survivor Series is all three brands are going to face each other. But yeah. I mean, it was all the NXT guys, most of the women who didn't go to Saudi Arabia, right. and Daniel Bryan, oh, who refuses to go. To go. So uh, NXT did 813,000 viewers this week, which is way up from you know the the 500 something thousand of the previous week. The previous week had competition. Not it's going. It's on the same time slot as the AEW show. So now it's kind of the new Wednesday Night Wars, except media has changed, so it's not as important. But last week it was also up against Game Seven of the World Series. Uh, so yeah, uh, NXT did 813,000 viewers. AEW did 822,000 viewers. Both of those That's numbers close. are up from the previous week, but it's very tight. Very tight. The, N- the NXT being on Raw and SmackDown really helped uh, put eyes on the brand this week. 800,000 in 2019 yeah. is about 17 million in the mid-90s. <laughs> U- the USA well, Network yeah. is happy with it, and TNT is very happy with what AEW is doing. What did Raw do at its peak? Like 9, 10 million? Oh, um, at its peak, not quite. It did, uh, the The highest rated episodes of Raw got about 8 or 9 million people. And at its peak consistently it could get like six six and a half million now it does you know between two and three it's been slowly declining almost consistently for well since 2002 as we predicted aew champion chris jericho as we predicted on episode six um and by far the most interesting part of that show he's he's fantastic um how, how can he 
continuously improve himself as a performer all these years. Yeah, his the video package he did on AEW this week was just, just masterful with him and his light crew of guys and you know Sammy Guevara calling him reminding everyone he's the youngest ever AEW champion it's like he's 48 he's in the prime of his life he's the youngest ever AEW champion it's like just just slow clap Mr. Jericho um, slow clap I mentioned that uh Joshi Japanese women's wrestling was really great in the 90s I I'd, I'd like to point out that it actually started being really great in the 80s and the Jumping Bomb Angels actually came to the U.S. and wrestled in the WWF for a little while and were amazing. They pulled off stuff that we didn't see from any other wrestlers in the WWF for at least another decade. Yeah, uh, just just crazy stuff. And women's wrestling in Japan is, is, uh, is on the rise now. The company that owns New Japan recently bought Stardom. Um, that doesn't mean that stardom is being uh, stardom is a Japanese women's wrestling league. It doesn't mean that stardom is being absorbed by New Japan, which is probably what would have happened in America. Um, but there's rumors that they might do a stardom match at one of the Tokyo Dome shows. You know, well, we'll see. That would be cool. It is notable that there is no women's wrestling on New Japan. So in Japan, mm. the idea is more from the women's wrestling perspective is why would we want to be ninth down on the card on a men's wrestling show? We just have our own shows. And there are several women's wrestling leagues in Japan. None of them nearly as big as new Japan, but that's more the mentality. Well, new Japan doesn't have a women's division. There are just women's leagues in the nineties though. The Joshi leagues were as big yes, as yes. the men's NJW or AJW, like all Japan women for a while was the biggest league in Japan and put on the best stuff. And every time I, I'm not an expert on it, but anytime, I look any of it up on YouTube. It's fantastic. And uh, that ran through the early 90s. We'll cover some of it eventually, for sure. I also wanted to split some hairs with another thing that I said. I called NXT the cutting edge of wrestling right now. I don't know if it's the cutting edge. I'd say like no. something like Beyond is the cutting edge, the where edge. they're doing the most like avant-garde, weird stuff. NXT is the state of the art. NXT is the best example of contemporary uh, wrestling, I think. That's a good distinction to make. It's like the distinction between like experimental music versus prog versus progressive music. Experimental, you're kind of throwing shit at the wall. And it's really interesting in that way, but prog is when you figured something out, you have a vision, and you're able to um, realize that vision. Are you starting to see NXT and its style and influence filtering up into the other the other brands? Well, it's hard to say because most of the people on the other brands went through NXT in the first place, and they just always water them down yeah. and like it's just they're never as interesting, with a few exceptions. And Triple H, who essentially runs NXT, is fine with that. The way he always puts it is mm -hmm. NXT is trying to capture the idea of seeing, you know, a punk band in a punk band club. And then when you go to Monday Night Raw, it's like you're trying to see ACDC at the Garden. Well, I've seen ACDC at the Garden, and ACDC at the Garden is a lot better at Mon than Monday Night Raw. But now that NXT is on actual TV, they don't have to rush people off of it to the main roster as quickly mm. and they're going to kind of let it be its own brand with its own roster for a while longer now we'll see how it cool. goes um one other thing i wanted to mention um i talked about the chris benoit kevin sullivan feud in wcw and i said something about benoit stealing kevin sullivan's wife which isn't the best way to describe that you know uh nancy sullivan was leaving Kevin Sullivan for Benoit yeah. at the time. That is 
Nancy Benoit, who Chris Benoit murdered when he also killed himself. So you don't respect murder victims, is what you're saying. Daniel. Is what, is what happened. Is that, is that what happened? I think you're saying you didn't, but you'd like to. I appreciate that correction. Actually. Yeah, it's that's it's good. again. I mean, it's an archaic way of talking yeah, that yeah. I think people still use a lot. And well, I, it, and also in the, I mean, it, I'm sure in the wrestling context too, that is usually how they frame those kinds oh, of storylines. Definitely. So when you're talking I, about, I was that, using yeah. air quotes. You just couldn't see them. It is, well, yeah, we'll start doing the video episodes. <laughs> um, I was on on a serious note. Please, we're gonna fuck this up. We're all we're the three of us. We're trying. We're all guys who made a lot of dumb jokes when we were younger and are trying to be better about how we talk about all this stuff. So if you if you care to, please yell at us on Twitter. Um so if Twitter we, is if, for. if we get things wrong and cuz we will listen and we and uh we want to be better. And uh yeah, I you know, I uh, I respect you coming out and being like, "Hey, I said this in a way that was that was poorly." Listening back on it, yeah. you know, it didn't sound good to me. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's really all it is. There you go. And you're like, let me, let me put it a different way. Yeah. Um, everything I've ever said is fine, and I apologize for nothing. That's not true. Yeah. I apologize <laughs> for all of it. It's uh, not, you know, it's not the fucking uh, social thought police coming no. down on me. We yeah. had Danielle here as a guest. She didn't complain about it. You know, no, it's no, nothing no, about no, that. No, it's. No. Purely it's, that I didn't like how it sounded yeah. to my own ears. Well, that's the and it's also it's important to remember it's not guilt, it's genuinely wanting to do better, and that's yeah. what I think people people who criticize you know people who criticize guys who try to try to be better and try to break out of that you know old way of thinking and the old way of making jokes and shit like that, uh, and say that it's you know out of guilt or that we're virtue signaling or something like that. No. It's a genuine desire to be better. So fuck you. That's the way that I'm better. I'm better oh, than yeah. you, motherfucker. Oh. Um, it's getting aggressive. It's very late. We're all super yeah, tired. Really and uh, and we're going to be up uh, very early tomorrow, at least Doc is, because yes. Doc is going to be guesting on somebody else's podcast. The yeah. Wrestling um, Time Machine. We're going to be on the Wrestling Time Machine podcast. We're going to be yeah. recording very early in the morning. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to make my way to where I live, get a few hours of sleep, uh, get a Monster Energy drink in me. Uh, Evan, ever since you described Roman Reigns as Monster Energy Spider-Man, that's all I can <laughs> picture him as, and it's an improvement. So thank you for that, and I'm, I'll be up with a smile on my face, not that anybody yeah. will be able to see it. And we're going to talk uh, WCW World War Three, and yeah. uh, it's going to be great. Full disclosure, we usually record these episodes Thursday night. We record a regular episode, a premium episode, and then the mini-sode. Or, or in, in other, sometimes we record the premium episode first. Uh, after I teach my three-hour class and Doc and Evan work their day jobs. I mean, that's if you want to get a piece of media like this off the ground, you have to take it seriously. And that yeah. means putting time and energy and effort into it. And that's what we're trying to do with this. If you would like us to be more focused, present and less tired during the recordings of these podcasts, please support us on Patreon yes. so we can quit our day jobs. You will also get an extra bonus episode every week if you uh, if you join Patreon at a five dollar tier. So please consider yeah. doing it. If you like the show, you know, we're building an archive right here. Uh, yeah. Get in on the ground floor. You get an actual material reward in addition to uh, the, you know, general improvement of the podcast. Yeah, I'm going to be just as exhausted no matter how much money no, you no. give me because I'm not quitting my job. Yeah. But, you know, well, you I have, still appreciate it. It well, will help me job. in other areas of my life. To have more money, and for you, sure. You have a career. Doc and I have jobs. That's that's different. <laughs> I mean, that, uh, 
career in the wrestling business, and we all know how much that pays. Yeah, here, yeah, give us support us a Patreon so I can go back to school. This has been contesting wrestling. Yeah, thank you. Good night.